This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. Usually at this time of year, many people are looking to make a donation to a charity to get it in on the books before the end of the year, and then they can have it count towards their tax returns. But apparently charitable giving is on the rise also due to the presidential election. Part of this is due to the rash of fake news that has been making its way across social media. Some people refer back to the segment that comedian John Oliver did after the election in which he asked people, if you want good journalism, you have to donate to support it. ProPublica, which does a lot of investigative journalism, has seen donations soar in recent days. Meanwhile, the ACLU saw $7.2 million in donations in the five days after the election. To take a look at what's going on here, we welcome in Kat Raschetta, who's founding executive director of the Center for High Impact Philanthropy here at the University of Pennsylvania. She's also adjunct faculty at the School of Social Policy and Practice here. Also joining us on the phone, John August List, chairman of the Department of Economics at the University of Chicago. Kat, great to see you again. Great to be here. Thank you. John, great to have you joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, John. Uh, so, Kat, in your mind, this unbelievable surge in donation, it seems like there's a variety of different elements that are playing here. Obviously, part of it is the reaction to the election and what potentially could be happening. But as John Oliver kind of mentioned, all of this swirling journalism that we saw during the election cycle as well as a factor. Yeah, there are a lot of factors that are affecting this rise in donations. And um, what's interesting to look at is where are those donations going? Because if you look at where that surge is happening, you're, that'll give you a, um, a clue as to what people around the country are concerned about. So the increase in donations to nonprofit organizations like ProPublica, that's in response to a, a sense that the mainstream journalism has failed us. You'll also see spikes in donations. You, you mentioned ACLU, Planned Parenthood. Those all reflect concerns that people have have that those kinds of organizations and the causes that they're fighting for um, are at risk. Should we be surprised, John, at the rate uh, of the donations that we're seeing to some of these organizations because uh, uh, of how emotional this presidential election was? You know, I don't think so. When you look back at other moments in time in charitable, let's say, history, I think about the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge in the right. summer of 2014. You know, that brought in more than $125 million. You saw Hurricane Katrina in 2005. Private donations there were nearly $3 billion. But, but I do think it sends you a sign that Americans view this in a very serious way, and it's very important to them to step up and take account of what's going on in our economy. I guess what's interesting to me when when I read some of these articles over the weekend was the fact that, you know, a lot of people have talked about in the past that, you know, whether or not charitable giving was going to be tough going back a few years because of the recession. Mm-hmm. But seemingly, at least in this case, and I, I would get your opinion, Kat, on, on just in general, when there are issues that, that people feel so strongly about, Ec- the economy and economics really don't come into play, and people are, are looking to find ways to support these organizations. Yeah, I, I would piggyback on, on something that John just said. Remember, the United States um, 
has had a long tradition of philanthropy and private sector actors making donations and, and standing up institutions that um, that are meant to strengthen society. So unlike in other countries, we have always had a strong three sectors. You have the business, commercial sector, you have yeah. the public government sector. And from almost the very beginning of this country, we've had a strong um, nonprofit philanthropic third sector. And so, um, you know, the, the election has... Um, brought up a lot of issues and made them urgent for many people. But in a way, we're doing exactly what Americans have always done, which is support those uh, nonprofit institutions that we, you know, that individuals across the country believe are necessary to have a strong society. Do you think that this is that this obviously this early surge, do you think this is going to continue for quite a while? Uh, because, as I said with with John, the, the emotion that was behind this election over the last few months. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, some of the organizations that people are giving to, um, if you see major cuts, um, I expect they will continue major public financing cuts. Right. Um, that'll they'll continue. Some of these donations, you you can see the timing of it. Um, it's time to particular statements um, that are that people are making in the news. So the the RageDonate.com, which is yeah. anytime. Yeah. Uh, uh, when Mike Pence says something that people see as a threat to Planned Parenthood, there goes the donation in Mike Pence's name to yeah, Planned right. Parenthood. So, uh, so I think it all depends on how things play out. But, uh, uh, you know, um, the philanthropic sector is one that I think people are now appreciating. It's always been there yeah. and people are now appreciating it even more how important it is. John? Yes, what I, what I look forward to watching is when you look at the overall giving in America from individuals like us, you have about 2 to 2.5% of income or percent of wallet going to charitable causes. Now, this has been incredibly stable over several decades. And each time we have one of these moments in time, like Hurricane Katrina or the 2004 tsunami, yeah. you have a lot of giving. But it's coming from other organizations or people are moving their dollars through time. And what I mean by that is when you look at the overall giving to all charitable organizations, it really doesn't change a lot when you have moments like this. Now, what I'm right. really going to be interested in is if Trump is able to keep doing these things that are, that are spurring gifts to organizations, whether that by itself is an opportunity for us to get out of this band of two to two and a half percent of our income going to 501c3s. It's interesting with the ACLU numbers that, you know, the $7.2 million that they saw in the five days after the election, uh, ACLU said that in 2012, they only received $27,000 in the five days after the election. Now, obviously, you were talking about a repeat president. So, you know, the policies, I think, had been established. But as you mentioned, Kat, Planned Parenthood, which obviously was something that was discussed a lot during the election cycle, Donald Trump talking about defunding it, Mike Pence, his views very well known on it. That That is the one probably out of all of these that is not a surprise that it saw such a, a sharp increase in, in funding. Yeah. And, and to go back to John's point, it'll be interesting to see if the overall level of philanthropic funding increases because it's been pretty stable in terms of a, a percentage. Yeah. Um, but even if it does, 
we have to remember that public financing of nonprofit organizations and, and of the kind of public goods that nonprofit organizations provide, that really dwarfs philanthropic funding. Even if you doubled the yeah. 2% to 4%, you know, an example that we often use is the Gates Foundation, the largest foundation, even if it used its entire endowment, could only cover maybe a year and a half of public school financing in the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's only so much philanthropy can do, even if we see an increase. John, I, I'd be interested to get your opinion on uh, on just this time of the year as well. And I've mentioned this with Kat in the past that, you know, this is a time of the year that that charities see a bump in donations to begin with. In fact, for some, it ends up being, a, it, to a degree, a make or break for some of these charities, some of the smaller charities as well. So this is an unbelievable uh, unbelievable shift that we're seeing here over the last few days. No, I I think you're exactly right. The charities that I help raise money, and these are charities like universities, these are, are charities like Smile Train, and right now we are gearing up. This is our time. In the next month and a half, you know, this represents about three quarters to 90% of the gifts that we get during the year. And I think it's actually the perfect storm because I think people are now seeing a robust economy. And it's not necessarily because of Trump, but it's because in general our economy is turning around. I think you have income growth at nearly every percentile across our distribution. And you have President Trump, President-elect Trump, who's pushing dollars in certain areas. And, and I really look forward to the data in about six months to look back at what happened during this month and a half, because I think this might be the month and a half of giving. That would be my prediction right now. Kat? Well, I, I think the perfect storm is right, because traditionally this is the season of giving. This is when people you know, pull out their checkbooks or start looking at the nonprofits they gave to last year and, and deciding, oh, am I going to give again if I am? Yeah. How much? But because of the context of, of the election and what people are seeing there, I, I, I think people are, are being even more serious and thoughtful right. about where I'm going to give. You know, is, is I've given to this nonprofit every year for the past five years. Is, is this what I'm going to give to again this year? Or right. are there other things that seem to be looming larger that I might consider? Well, it, it is interesting because of this shift, and we're talking with Kat Ruschetta of the University of Pennsylvania and John August List of the University of Chicago. It is interesting that so many different organizations have kind of been put in the news because of this. And it does fall right into that, that realm of, well, you know, I've given to Planned Parenthood over the last six years, seven years, whatever it might be. But ProPublica does such a good job with journalism that I want to, you know, I want to kind of split my split my ticket to a degree. Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, there's sort of two questions that we always encourage donors to ask, which is um, you can there are so many good causes out there. Yeah. Um, what's the one that you want to have the biggest impact on this year? Um, to get clarity on what the social impact is, the good you want to do in the world. And then once you have clarity on that, then which organizations seem to be best positioned to deliver that? 
I mean, th those are the two questions that when we when we teach how to practice high impact philanthropy, we start there. Yeah. And it's frankly one of the reasons why we've always released our giving guide this year is, is to help people get better answers to those questions. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Maybe you're somebody that actually has donated to one of these charities in the last few days, and you'd like to give us your backstory and tell us why. Uh, it would be interesting to hear from some of you. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. When you think of, of donating in general, uh, how what's the percentage of people that are donating that are, you know, the people that have the, the large sums of wealth that are able to donate $20,000, $30,000, $50,000 compared to the average Joe that, you know, is can only offer $20. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is a mix, but I'd be interested to see where that line, is it 65, 30, you know, where yep. does it fall? Yep. Uh, I mean, John may be able to speak uh, better to the actual percentages. What we know is that, um, True to its democratic roots, philanthropy in the United States has a what what people will say is a long tail. It's it's of the almost four hundred billion dollars of philanthropic capital that's allocated each year. Yeah. Um, Seventy to eighty percent is um, by individuals, so not the big foundations. Right. And of that, a disproportionate amount are small gifts. Right, the people like you and me. That that long tail of giving. Right. Um, so it, it's. Philanthropy is really made up of a lot of individual gifts. If you just look at the the numbers of gifts that are being given each year, John. Yeah, that's um, that's correct. But what's interesting is that giving is incredibly concentrated. Let, let me give you an example. So when I look at the average state, let's say we look at Illinois. If you look at the top six hundred givers in Illinois. They're giving about 15% of what individuals give to charitable causes in Illinois. Now, that's 600 people giving 15% yeah. of the total gifts. Now, if I go a little bit narrower than that and I say, what about the top 60 people? The top 60 people in a typical state are giving about 7% of the total gifts. So what this tells you is, is Kat's exactly right. There are a lot of people giving. You know, any given year, there are four out of five people are giving money, and just about all of us are volunteering our time. But if you look at the actual dollars given, it's incredible that it's concentrated at the very top in the manner in which it is. It is amazing. The number you just ran at 400 million dollars almost 400 billion 400 billion dollars yeah. uh, of donations that are given each and every year to various organizations and just off of the numbers that John said even if that that you know that 15% from those wealthy donor, donors is not there think about the change that happens with a lot of these different charities absolutely i mean that's that's why um p many people are concerned about this this concentration of philanthropy and is, is it that there's a small number of wealthy people who are driving what nonprofit organizations all around the country are doing um, and if, if you look at the percentages that John just mentioned yes there is a, there's a concentration of wealth and, yeah. and there's a concentration of philanthropic influence 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call your comments are welcome or if you cannot get to your phone you can send us a comment via Twitter either at bizradio111 or my Twitter account which is at danloney21 
I find it interesting, John, that that journalism ended up being one of the the pieces to this that uh, that ended up seeing so many donations, and obviously the John Oliver piece kind of kind of pushed to it. Uh, journalism, I think, has been seen as more of a business than anything else over over the history of the United States. And I guess to a degree, it goes to kind of a shift in how we think about the newspaper industry and some of these journalism pieces in general. Right, right. You know, what I find interesting is I think we're at a moment in time when we're going to get a signal about just how astute people like Trump and Pence actually are, because I understand their stance during the election of of banging on certain areas. You know, they don't want Planned Parenthood, et cetera, et cetera. And they do that to drum up votes. But to continue to um, use that mantra today, it's almost backfiring because the American public will, they envision this world in which you have Trump and company essentially trying to tear down these great organizations. And in doing so, they, they tear them down both financially and orally in the press or, or when, when the Donald tweets, et cetera. Right. What's interesting is that in the long run, this will surely backfire. It, it makes no sense to continue these rants because people will step forward and give to these causes. It, in, a, in a way, this is going to be a, a, an important test or moment in time for their administration to see exactly how strategic and astute they can be. Yeah, and, and I think not only give to the nonprofit organizations that seem like they're under threat, but as people recognize that these are tied to um, public dollars, yeah. that you might see a surge in a kind of advocacy um, that you might not have seen otherwise um, when, when people are feeling that, um, like I said, under threat, embattled. Right. Well, I guess it's interesting to see, as we said, how this will all play out uh, when you think about some of the things that uh, that President like Trump said during the during the campaign, and now some of the kind of philosophies he is taking just on the approach of, of building this country going forward. He's talked about infrastructure being such an important piece to it. Well, much of the money that he will find for that those infrastructure programs may come from some uh, of the funding that goes to some of these organizations, possibly, which then really puts the importance on the donations from the individuals to be able to continue to see some of these organizations flourish going forward in the in the short term. Yeah, I mean, if you think of the role that these philanthropic donations can play, some of it is to provide direct services yeah. um, that nobody else has. Some of it is to register what priorities are, right? So that's where you get into advocacy. Yeah. Um, and so it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how effective those kinds of efforts are um, and and how this administration is going to answer a question that a lot of people were asking even during the campaign, which is, given your priorities, where are you going to find the money um, to finance them? John, I'm not sure how much money, you know, Planned Parenthood gets, you know, in, in public funding, but still... Uh, you know, the, the 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 scope of this specific organization could change greatly if if th- these plans go forward that Donald Trump is talking about. No, I think that's right. But I think my conjecture is, is that they're going to be an organization that's even larger in, going into the future, in part because Trump and Pence 
are making statements that this is a this is a bad organization or an organization that will receive funding cuts if indeed I don't know their their finances either. I have no idea if they're even receiving a large amount of money from governments, but but the the very act of of proclaiming that these are bad organizations, there is enough divisiveness and enough people on the other side mm. that my conjecture would be this is the best way to increase the resources for organizations like that, not decrease it. Well, I guess from the other perspective, if something like this continues, it could bring a unity behind various people that support these organizations that maybe we haven't seen in, in, in the last few years. And we're certainly at a point in time in this country where we have enough issues between various groups of people that any way to bring people together at this point wouldn't be a bad, bad uh, path to follow. Well, that's, that's what's interesting about the attack on Planned Parenthood. I mean, half the population are women. And even as people have different um, uh, different beliefs and attitudes around uh, provision of abortion services, those Planned Parenthood organizations around the country are sources of reproductive health services for a lot of women. And that's, that's a big block of people <laughs> to yeah. get upset. John? Yeah, you know, something that you just mentioned there is exactly right. I, I was giving a talk the other day, I think it was for NPR or some radio show, and we were talking about divisiveness and this nation coming together. And the radio host was arguing that um, Donald Trump is very divisive and is, is separating people. And I said, in a way, that might be true. But I think in the end, when you have someone who's divisive, you have an opportunity exactly as you just said, for, for groups of people to come together and get closer, and they have a unity of vision that they never would have had absent that shock that just happened in the election. Yeah. And that very shock itself can lead people to join forces. And I think you're going to see it in organizations like Planned Parenthood, ACLU, etc., I think you're going to see organizations like that thrive in part because people will come together and say, now we have an evil who we are trying to beat. And before they didn't have that, and when you think yeah. about Hurricane Katrina was the same way, the tsunami was the same way. When people have a focal point, psychologists have taught us for years that when people have a focal point, they tend to engage in much more teamwork and they will put forward many more resources to beat that necessary devil or evil that they see is a, is an issue in their lives. You know, it's interesting. I just I looked up online. There was a, a report by the uh, General Accounting Office last year that said Planned Parenthood receives about $500 million a year in taxpayer funds. So you think about the, the amount that they receive just in that five-day period, it dwarfs in comparison to the money that they receive from the federal government, yep. which makes you understand if there is any level of defunding of, of that particular organization, you're going to have to find some unbelievably wealthy donors to be able to continue the same types of programs that are going on across the country right now, or something like Planned Parenthood would go away. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that that is the kind of the the threat that it feels so urgent to so many people around the country and um and my hope is that john is absolutely right that um the 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 nature of the threat is so concrete and so urgent that yeah. 
folks who care about these causes and these organizations, all of a sudden it, it transcends whatever differences they may have had. But it doesn't seem like also, I mean, obviously the ones that, that have kind of been discussed during the election, John, obviously are, are at the a focal point of a lot of people's minds. But other organizations that maybe weren't even discussed as much, uh, you know, environmental causes, obviously, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the, 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 the stories around oil and oil pipelines up in, you know, North Dakota right now. I mean, these are all organizations that are seeing a bump in charitable giving, not even necessarily because of something directly said by any of the candidates, but it's kind of an offshoot as well. No, I think that's right. What, what I do worry about a bit is that organizations, green organizations like you mentioned, might suffer a slow and silent death. Because if you have someone out on, on the front page arguing against Planned Parenthood, at least Planned Parenthood has a chance. At least their organization has a chance to go and raise funds to help uh, replace the funds that are lost. But there, there will be many organizations that are behind the scenes or on the back page. And unless those organizations have the means to go out and raise money on their own or they have the leadership to take account of the lost resources, I think many of those organizations might suffer a slow and painful death. And I think the, uh, the I think that's right. Um, and and that's um, one of the one of the reactions that I hope people understand is that for a lot of these public goods that nonprofits are um, are focused on achieving, that it can't just be philanthropy. Right. So that some of them become much more educated and, and just savvier on how the business sector might be aligned with some of their goals, right. how they might in how what is good policy and poor policy, given what it is they're trying to achieve, because um, the philanthropic pot is still too small to address all the needs and causes that these nonprofits are trying to address. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.